Well, it sounds like Nick Saban got a little tired of getting stuffed in that locker by Mario Cristobal. Old Nick is ready to fight back. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We are brought to you today by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College. Terms and conditions apply. Well, when we talk about Saban getting stuffed in that locker a couple times head-to-head by Mario Cristobal for 2023 recruiting, the Bama fans always get so mad whenever I talk about Cristobal and Saban in the same sentence. Strictly talking about 2023 recruiting, my friends. I think Mario's time is coming. Mario's time to become one of the all-time greats, I believe, uh, could be on the horizon. But obviously, Saban, as for right now, is still the GOAT. But... Cristobal's been winning some of those recruiting battles, but a big one, my friends, to watch over the next few days. It's been a lot of development in the recruitment of four-star offensive tackle out of Connecticut by way of Finland, Olaus Alanen. This one, for the last couple of weeks, had felt like a Miami slam dunk, but Alabama is fighting. These developments about Alabama getting firmly back into the mix, they started to come out, at least to my attention, yesterday, okay? I was told that Nick Saban is pulling out all of the stops to get a commitment from Olaus. This is a player he really wants, and you know how Saban is, what he wants he usually gets, okay? Not always, but usually. He doesn't want Mario Cristobal to win another head-to-head battle with him in recruiting. Uh, as you know, Mario recently did with Popo Aguirre, with Jaden Wayne, with Francis Maui Goa, and, and a couple of others. I was told, and this is a quote, Saban is going all in. He's all in for all in. <laughs> if you want to make that a slogan, Alabama, Allenin, all in, they're all in. Now, uh, yesterday, when this really started to heat up, Allenin to Bama, possibly, Uh, A couple of crystal balls on 24-7 did come in for Alabama on this player. And there's definitely smoke there, right? There is smoke. Most of the crystal balls for Allen and still say Miami. And I'm certainly not telling you that we're beaten. It's over. Pack your bags. No, I, I still feel pretty good about Miami's position. But the difference is a little over 24 hours ago, I felt like it was basically all Miami, um, and now Bama is getting themselves very much back into the mix here. Uh, But again, Miami still does have a big handful of crystal balls for Allen, including from Wilt Fong, the Grim Reaper, you know, and usually his crystal balls. He rarely gets these wrong, folks. He does still have one for Miami, but there are, there's a lot of trend happening right now in favor of the Crimson Tide. So meanwhile, elsewhere at offensive tackle, uh, you've, you've got to hope from a Miami standpoint, that the Hurricanes can keep the lead that they seemingly have for Samson Okunlola, 
who is the bigger prize than Allen in. You know, we're greedy. We want to get them both. But when you're talking about offensive tackles, and Miami already has the best one in the class in Maui Goa, who, by the way, proved at Under Armour Future 50, I think he proved it, that he is the best in that class because he was mauling people. Okunlola can do that as well, though, the Pancake Honcho. So you've got to hope that Miami can hold on to their lead for Okunlola. Um, and, you know, if if Olaus Allen does end up picking Bama, this could then you know, mean that Miami would push harder for six foot seven Monroe Freeling, who's another one of the top tackles in the class of four stars, gigantic, very tall. And I also have to wonder what it means, if anything, for Miami's pursuit of Peyton Kirkland. Peyton Kirkland uh, has seem, seemingly has been trending for Michigan State more so. I know Kirkland is polarizing among Miami fans. Some of you claim you don't even want him. Um, no offense. I trust Cristobal and Mirabal to make those evaluations more than I trust myself or any of you. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with uh, with Peyton Kirkland, you know, in because uh, he's going to announce on Saturday. So there's a lot going down on Saturday, including this. This is a development I think started last night. Jaden Bonzu, the four-star safety out of New Jersey, appears to have pushed back his announcement from this Wednesday, the twentieth to this Saturday, the 23rd. I say appears to because I think it's all but official because he's been tweeting about it uh, 24-7. Last I checked, hadn't updated his announcement date. They still had it on Wednesday. It looks like Bonzu has pushed it back three days until Saturday. Um, now, Saturday, again, is completely loaded with players who are going to be announcing several of these Miami are in the mix for, including Bonsu, a bunch of Miami targets. Now, as far as Jaden Bonsu pushing his announcement back three days. I see people, Hurricanes fans, freaking out about this on social media because you're wondering, okay, wait, is he pushing it back? Does that mean he's changing his mind? Or does it mean he's having second thoughts about the U? Because all the trends have been for Miami on this player. I've asked around on this one. I have been told not to worry. I expect this one still to be solid for Miami as far as Jaden Bonsu goes. I think he's going to pick the U on Saturday. And as far as this stuff goes, you can call me a Miami cheerleader if you want to. I'm not going to deny that, but I keep it real with my expectations. If I was worried about Jaden Bonsu having second thoughts, which I don't believe to be the case, if I was worried about that, I would tell you I was. Like you remember earlier this month, when Colin Zachampo pushed his announcement back, a player that I really like, and I was going to put it in the past tense, I still like him, even though he picked a different university other than Miami. But yeah, I, I was really on board with hoping Colin Zachampo would pick Miami. And his original announcement date, I felt great about Miami at that time. But when he pushed it back, there were a lot of signs that Michigan was becoming the leader and that him pushing it back was a bad thing for Miami. And that was my suspicion. We talked about it on the show and I ended up being correct about that one. He ends up picking Michigan over Miami and others. Uh, but that's not what I'm expecting here. I still feel very good about Jaden Bonsu, even if he waits until Saturday and doesn't do it on Wednesday. Uh, Bonsu, one of the top safeties in this class, four star, um, others in the mix, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Georgia, Miami is far and away trending 
as the leader for him. Ohio State is a very distant second. And that's another one. Bonzu, he's moved his date now a couple times. He originally had it for August 20th, where Ohio State was looking like the favorite. And then their recruiting situation changed at defensive back drastically. And then it started to look like Miami was the favorite. He moved it up. That made us feel very good about Miami. But in this case, moving it back three days, I don't feel any different. Uh, I think Miami's going to be fine here. And so Jaden Bonsu's announcement, uh, assuming it happens on Saturday, it's going to be on the same day as Janelle Aguero. It's another big-time safety target of Miami's. Malik Bryant, big-time linebacker target. And Peyton Kirkland, who Miami probably won't land. I'm not sure how much Miami wants him, but we'll see what happens with that one. Um, as far as uh, Janelle Aguero goes, the five-star safety, I think on yesterday's episode, I was a little bit unfair to Georgia. I think I counted out Georgia a bit too much. You know, Miami has been trending hard for Aguero recently, as has Ohio State recently. So it's really felt like a tug of war between Ohio State and Miami. But to be fair to Georgia, they've been the longtime favorite for Aguero, going back to before Miami's coaching change. And there are a lot of analysts who do expect him to pick Georgia I'm leaning to Miami for him, but a lot of people expect him to pick Georgia. Some expect him to pick Ohio State. But a, a big factor for Janelle Aguero, which affects Georgia and Miami, is Jamil Adai, Miami's defensive backs coach who left Georgia for Miami. Um, you know, he was recruiting uh, Aguero very heavily at Georgia, as he's doing now in Miami. And he and the player have a really good relationship. So that that has been working in Miami's favor in his recruitment. So we're going to have to see, wait and see how this one plays out, okay? And we're not going to have to wait too long because he's announcing this weekend. Saturday, Saturday, it's going to be like Super Bowl Sunday for recruiting fans, right? For those of you who are Big Canes recruiting fans, you're probably not watching this right now. If you aren't, this is going to be a huge day on Saturday because a bunch of our targets are announcing. Um, let's see who else. I feel very confident still about four-star linebacker Malik Bryant out of Jones High School in Orlando. Uh, he's another one of those players who's announcing on Saturday. And no, he and Kirkland are not announcing together. It's not a combo. Maybe they'll both pick Miami, uh, but it's not probably won't play out that way. Uh, Bryant's announcing on his own. I will be shocked if he doesn't pick Miami. And man, if Miami can get that commitment and then eventually the signature of Malik Bryant, getting him and Popo Aguirre in the same class would be massive for that linebacker unit. And I like Bobby Washington as well, who's already committed. And Miami could get a fourth in this class. Stanquan Clark from Killian. Washington and Clark are both from Killian. Clark is another one to look at. Miami could end up having a loaded linebacker class. So think about all the conversations we've had the last couple of years about Miami linebackers being a question mark and a weakness. Woo. Within the next couple of years, we're not going to have to have those conversations anymore. And I like Wesley uh, Besaint, who's in the class of 2022, a lot. So you add these 2023 names I mentioned to Besaint, future of that linebacking core, so bright. We're going to have to wear shades. It's looking great. Another thing in recruiting that's getting Hurricanes fans buzzing, um, as far as I have seen, I don't think there's any announcement date set for this player, but five-star IMG Academy edge rusher Samuel Mapemba, he sent out a photo of himself wearing a white Miami Hurricanes uniform. He looks good in those colors. 
Oh, I would love to get this one. Got us all excited, all the Hurricanes fans. Um, Miami has been trending a lot for him in recent weeks, Mapemba, and why not? Because anytime you see an IMG Academy player, Miami seems to be, you know, IMG is becoming a Miami pipeline. We're getting a ton of guys from IMG. So, you know, you understand why there's some positive vibes there. But could you imagine getting Mapemba in the same class with Jaden Wayne? Oh, it'd be incredible. Uh, all the big schools are in the mix for Mapemba, of course, including Alabama and Notre Dame is in the mix for this one as well. So, yeah, you get all the feels. When you see him sending out the photo of him wearing the Miami gear, oh, I get so excited. Canes fans are sharing it and having a great time with it. So uh, that gives me something to be very hopeful for and very excited for. So, yeah, huge. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that Jaden Bonsu is moving his announcement back because I thought we'd get something midweek to sort of tide us over till the weekend. Instead, we're going to have to wait till Friday and Saturday to get a whole bunch of announcements. So we're, we're going to have to do like maybe three, four emergency episodes on Saturday if we land a bunch of these commits. And I certainly hope that Miami does. Guys, I am overwhelmed by the incredible questions that we received on our Twitter account. So I wanted to do some Q&A today. We got an awesome question about Miami's receiving core, an awesome question about what we would consider to be a successful tenure for Mario Cristobal at Miami. I want to answer these and more. And you can tell us, are we setting the bar way too high or not high enough for Coach Cristobal in the coming years? I always set the bar high when I log on to LinkedIn.com because I know they deliver excellence. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. I'm talking to all the business owners out there. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job for free and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting this week, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It was available starting yesterday and throughout the week on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Welcome back into Locked On Canes. So we got some awesome questions from you guys on Twitter. Make sure you follow the show at Locked On Canes, and we will follow back. Follow us at Locked On Canes. You can follow my personal as well at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And when you tweet us hurricanes questions or comments, first of all, we love it when you tweet us. And there's a pretty decent chance your tweets, especially if you give us a really good question, good chance your tweets could get read on the show. So I want to read. I'm going to go uh, in order of when these came in because that just makes it easier for me. Uh, Rick Smith asks us, and this ties into what we were just talking about. Why do the high school recruits take pictures in the various school uniforms, he says. 
when did this trend start? Seems like schools should keep that as a privilege for only people who actually sign or play for that university. I don't know, he says. It just seems odd to my elder millennial eyes. Uh, part of that, I, I can't answer. I don't know when the trend started. I feel like that's a relatively new thing. I haven't been covering recruiting closely for that long. So I, I feel like it started within the last decade that everybody takes the photos in the uniform and they send those out. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think anyone should. And here's why. When you're recruiting players, especially the highly touted ones, it's so important in every aspect to make these players visualize what it's like to play for your team, that that it's a psychological edge visualization, right? It's the same reason why they have hosts during their visit that are current players. So they can understand what is a day in the life like for a student athlete at Miami, show me the classrooms, the dorm room, show me some nightlife, right? Show me what the living situation is like dorm rooms, off-campus apartments, it's why you visit with the coaches. What does a day in practice feel like? What do your facilities look like? And then a big part of that visualization is how do I feel and how do I look in the uniform? It's it's a, it's like imprinting psychologically for these players. It's fun for the fans as well because the fans, you know, they get to see, oh, my God, Samuel Mapemba is wearing Miami uniform. Look how great he looks. I remember when Jaden Rashada sent out the photos in the Miami gear. So it's partially for the fans, but I think for the players – it just it gives you an important psychological factor for the player to put on your uniform because you say, you know what, the orange and green on me, this you on my helmet looks right and it feels right. So I can understand the reservations you have about it, how it should be a privilege, but um, I think the good outweighs the bad with this. I, I think that that whole the whole factor of the visual visualization and the psychological factor, I think, is important. So. I don't have a problem with it. I think for a player to make that decision to come to play for you, they'd like to know how they look and how they feel wearing your uniform. So that that's the best way that I can answer that. Okay. Caesar asks, what does Miami's record have to be this season to keep all of these committed recruits? Um, Caesar, it's hard to put a number on that because even more important than your record are the relationships you build. Okay. It's why, you know, Mario Cristobal, very proven, successful recruiter. Um, his staff is loaded with them from Mirabal, Coach Adai, who we talked about, Coach Salavea, who we talk about a lot, Charlie Strong, Kevin Steele, you know, a guy like Jason Taylor helps you out a lot in recruiting as an analyst on the staff. The first thing is building relationships, right? If you are able to connect with these players on a personal level and you converse with them as often as you're allowed to do, right? You know, there are rules that regulate electronic communication, but as, as long as you are allowed to reach out to them, see how they're doing, visit them, visit their families, building relationships is the most important thing. And I think Miami has had coaches in the recent past who are just not very good at that. But as far as I'm not going to pretend that winning is not important, right? Of course it is, right? If you lock in or if you think you've locked in a top five class of verbal commitments and then you go out there and you go five and seven and then there's an appearance of, and I'm not expecting this to happen in Miami, don't get me wrong, but if recruits see the team have a bad season and then it looks like the players don't get along, the locker room appears to be fractured, there's a disconnect between the coaches and players, 
that stuff will give players red flags. They'll say, okay, this is not what I am signing up for. I'm going to flip. I'm going to go somewhere else. So if I had to put a number on it, I think if you win at least eight games, I think you'll be fine. Um, you know, I think Miami's going to win 10 games this year. That's my official prediction. But I, I, I think as long as you are, you know, eight and four or better, I wouldn't lose any sleep over, you know, guys decommitting for that reason. Like there are other reasons why people can decommit, you know, because other schools are not going to stop recruiting these players. But I, I don't think the win-loss record is as important as some people think, as long as you have coaches who are good at recruiting. But I think you'll be okay if you win eight games or more, if I have to put a number on it, okay? Let's see. Uh, CJ asks, I like this question. What are your thoughts on Romello Brinson? I've always been a fan of his. And then he says, what do you think the rotation will be like at wide receiver as far as percent played by starters and second team? Uh, I love talking about Romello Brinson because we don't talk about him enough. And it's not just me. People don't write about him enough. Other shows don't talk about him enough. Um, I think he's got a very bright future. That one-handed touchdown grab last year was awesome. Now, as far as Brinson, um, I, I don't project him to be a starter, but I think there's going to be a heavy enough rotation. He's going to get plenty of playing time and plenty of opportunities, so it's up to him to make the most of those. So as far as playing time goes, uh, he hasn't necessarily earned it yet, but based on where he came from, his experience, and his reputation, I'm expecting Frank Ladson, the transfer from Clemson, to be one of your starters on the outside. Um, I think at slot, very obvious that Xavier Restrepo is going to be your starting slot receiver, and I think he's going to grab a lot of balls this year. That that may be the guy that I worry about the least, right? Because you know he and TVD have great chemistry; they're roommates. And Restrepo, Restrepo had a really good spring and a really good spring game. So for the other like starting spot, it could come down, I think, between Keyshawn Smith and Jacoby George. But I, I think Romello Brinson's going to be like a second stringer. And one of the outside spots, and I think he'll get plenty of playing time. Uh, Brashard Smith will probably be the second stringer at the slot behind Restrepo. So that, that's kind of how I see it going at wide receiver. And yeah, listen, you lost your top two receivers from last year, right? Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley were your top two guys in grabs, yardage, and touchdowns. So you have to replace a lot of production at that position. And I just hope Miami has three, four guys who really step up. And I hope Romello Brinson is one of them. Okay. Let's see. Um, Want to get to, ooh. So keep it locked right here, folks. Keep it locked on to Locked on Canes because I want to answer that big picture question when we come back about Mario Cristobal because it really makes me think. And I want you guys to help me out with this one as well. So leave us comments, whether it be the YouTube live chat, on Twitter, Leave us podcast comments. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball season, college football futures. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. 
Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Jashad asks us on Twitter, what does a successful career for Mario look like to you in the 10 or so years that we have him? Says example, maybe two natties, a couple of ACC championships in the playoff hunt every other year. What does a successful career look like? Thanks. Uh, First thing I'll say is um, personally, even though, okay, I'm a Miami fan, a Hurricane fan my entire life, and I was born in 1984. So they had already won their first championship before I was even born, and I grew up in an era of winning titles. So it's it's literally in my DNA. Like, it's printed in my genetic code to expect Miami to win championships, even if they haven't done it in over 20 years. It's still kind of the expectation that longtime Miami fans have. Like for those of us who lived through the 80s, 90s, and 2001, we always have that expectation. At the same time, I'm never going to say for a new head coach coming in, like, hey, like if it's two natties or busts, like if you don't win multiple titles, I'm not going to consider you a success. I am hoping and expecting the championships to come because I think Miami is trending in that direction, right? With the excitement we have. Uh, with the renewed financial commitments, everything going on, we're expecting you to compete for those. So that's where I set the bar. I set the bar at being in that mix, right? All that I ask of this staff is have yourselves on a regular basis in that conversation of top four finish. We're in the college football playoff. We're constantly competing for conference titles, and we're in that mix for national titles. Like you look at who have been the most consistent teams in the college football playoff era, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, also in that mix. Oklahoma has made it to a few CFPs. Notre Dame, you know, they haven't done very well in the CFP, but they've made it into the CFP a couple of times. Like those have been the most like consistent programs of being in that conversation every year. I want Miami to be in that conversation every year. And if you start making the college football playoff, then we can start talking about winning it. But I'm not even going to talk about winning natties until we're in the conversation. So that's my expectation, right? With If you can be on a regular basis bringing in top five recruiting classes and having top five type of finishes and getting yourself into the big dance, that is what I would hope for out of Mario Cristobal during the 10 or so years that Miami has him. Let me get a couple more in here. Ivan Hood asks, which tight end will have the biggest impact this year? I think it's the year of Elijah Arroyo. I think this is the year Arroyo really breaks out and becomes the go-to tight end target. I think Will Mallory will will be fine. I think we'll see some good stuff from Jaleel Skinner, who's a true freshman. So I don't ask for a whole lot. Get your feet wet out there and show us a few things. I think Elijah Arroyo is the guy who's really going to break out this year. The question from Mitch, and again, you guys can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. We will follow you back. Mitch asks, do you think Tyler Van Dyke will have a better year in his second season, or will the Heisman talk be just that? And by the way, it's not just Heisman talk. Congratulations to TVD, who's been officially added to the Maxwell Award watch list and the Davey O'Brien Award watch list. Davey O'Brien is for the Outstanding Quarterback the Maxwell, it's basically like, like the uh, like the Walmart Heisman. Like it's like the same criteria as the Heisman. It's just not as big as the Heisman, 
Miami, if I'm not mistaken, has had, I think, three Maxwell winners. It was uh, Dorsey, Toretta, and Vinny. Uh, Vinny and Toretta won the Maxwell and the Heisman. Dorsey won the Maxwell, but not the Heisman. Uh, but yeah, uh, TVD, he's on the Heisman shortlist this year. I think he's going to have a great season. Um, I do, to answer your question, I'm not expecting TVD to win the Heisman, but I am expecting him to be better than he was last year, and why not? He's got the confidence and the experience under his belt, and he's going to have superior coaching this year. I think he's also going to have a better running game this year, which is going to take a lot of pressure off of him in the passing game and a lot of you know pass rushing pressure off of himself. And Tyler Van Dyke looks to me like he's taking the steps in terms of maturity and leadership and growth to follow up on a really promising freshman campaign with an elite sophomore campaign. So yeah, I think he's going to get better this year. And I think the the hype is going to be justified. I do. So I think that's all we have time for today. Any questions we didn't get to on this one, we will get to on the next one, folks. And again, keep your eyes out this week. Keep your eyes out for Jaden Bonsu, who looks like he's moved his announcement to Saturday. We'll be watching Olaus Allen in on Friday. It's more heated now between Miami and Bama. We'll be watching a ton of guys on Saturday, including Malik Bryant, Janelle Aguero, Peyton Kirkland. And we will be back tomorrow. Join us then for another episode of Locked on Canes. And make sure you check on Locked on ACC. Get more on the ACC by making them your second listen. Host Candace Cooper and all the local ex experts take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked on ACC your second listen. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.